awesome is God. Amen. Amen. Let me read to you, Second Kings. You may take your seat. We declared that this fast would be a supernatural expectancy, that we as a church would start to expect the supernatural to be a norm, a norm. And two weeks, three weeks ago in this church, before I got up to preach, uh, Jim and Melissa got up. I just wanted them to prophetically speak over a house. And Melissa spoke about how she drove past the hospital on her way to church with her family and the Holy Spirit spoke to her, you see. Today is so important in our fast. You've got to work out how to get that communication with God because the Holy Spirit is not mute. He speaks and He's clear. He's not gibberish. You can speak in any language, He gets it. So we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is going to tell you secrets of heaven. So as she's driving past with her family, Holy Spirit said to her, there's people in there that don't belong in there. They shouldn't be in there. And she prophesied over the house. She said that they would walk out of the hospital and come to church. That we were saying, God, all the doctors and the nurses, wouldn't it be amazing if they said, listen, we've done all we can do. Why don't you go see the churches up the road? See, because our position on this street is not by chance. That we have the greatest university in the top, where are my you know, top 3% of the world? Top 3% of the world. And we are metres away from it. And we got one of the, the other second largest hospital of our city just up the road. We're not positioned by accident. When we purchased this building, how many years ago? 27, 37 years ago, half of you weren't born. By the t- it was for a positioning. When you're positioned, there's a purpose. And sometimes it doesn't always come to pass straight away. But she prophesied that people would walk out and that they would come to her house. The very next Sunday, the very next, up the back you'll see her, you'll meet her. They Googled Nima. Daughter Googled the church and they came and she still had her hospital band on. She asked for me. I said, did you know us? And she said, no. When I Googled, we needed to go to church somewhere. The Holy Spirit told us to come here. But what happened is we actually prophesied it and came to an agreement with it two weeks before. Sorry, a week before, seven days before. We spoke it in this house that we believe that hospital is our land, that we are to claim it. That where the enemy says, this is what you're going to live with, we're going to step in and say, actually, there is a name that is higher than any name that you're carrying. She is going to see it. So for the last two Sundays, she's come with her hospital band still on. She will see victory. She will walk free. She will speak again clearly because she is saying his name is higher. His name is greater and his words unfailing. Amen. Seven days later, what we spoke manifested itself. I think that God was showing us, ICC, if you would just say it. If you would just say it. I'm willing to do it. The word supernatural means this. Beyond natural understanding. Beyond natural understanding. So when we say we believe that a God that we serve will do supernatural things in our life. We're saying it's not going to be actually able to be understood in the natural. But the natural will be our foundation. And we will build that until what is not norm comes to pass. 
Supernatural means beyond natural understanding. And I declare that we, from today on, will continue to live in the nat- supernatural mean- meaning. That we are fully, completely involved with what God wants to do in this world and in our life and in this city. Second Kings chapter 4. There was a certain woman of the wife of the son of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors are coming to take my two sons to be their slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours. Empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have, come in and shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into it all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and the sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said to her husband, bring me another vessel. Imagine the excitement in the house. And 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 he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. She went back to Elisha and said, what had happened? And he said, go sell all the oil and pay off your debt. Go pay the mortgage. Go pay the visa off. Go pay all your home loans off. Multiplication. Who wants home loans? Home loans. Only one? No, I'm serious. Who wants home loans? We're not fearful of the debts. It doesn't consume us. It doesn't rule us. If you're in this church, the only thing you'll hear our senior pastor is, is believing you for a house that is paid, that is yours. We're not renters of anything. And if you've got credit card issues, this is probably not the place to come because you will get lectured till your ears come off. But we will do it in a godly manner to show you that God has called you to be blessed. Go sell the oil and pay off all your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. I want to say something. To see the supernatural happen in our life, sometimes we're going to have to go through some things that are really, really beyond our control. See, this woman's situation, what I wanted to share with you, she had no control over it. She was married to a man of God. She refers to Elijah as your son which possibly means he was a pastor. He gave his life to serving the house. And yet, death death came. I want to tell you this morning that sometimes things beyond our control will happen. So just because you are serving God to the best of your ability and giving up to God all the time doesn't exempt us from the ugliness and the pain of this world. But what happened is the fact of the matter is that she went. She went to the prophet and said, listen, things are not good. In those days, if you had debt and you could not pay it, they would come and take your children away and enslave them until you could pay the debt. The debt must have been so high she knew she'd never see her children again. So we're not talking about something little. Not only had she lost her provider, 
her lover, the covering of her home, she was about to lose her boys. But when she went to the son, when she went to the prophet, she said, you don't know. I'm so broken. My husband is dead. But I got to know that even though my husband is dead, God's plan is not dead for me. Come on, OCC, are you here with me? Even though her husband had passed away, God had not finished with her yet. And she had to hold on to a hope. That's all she had. Just a hope. That's why I'm saying to you, I don't care how you come to church on a Sunday. I don't care if you come like a blibbering mess. You're coming determined and says to your situation, I have hope in the unseen and the understandable. I don't know how to get through this, but I have a hope that anchors my soul and tells my soul, guess what? I don't know how to control this, but I know if I go to the house of God, if I go to the people of God, I know that they will rise with me in hope and they will speak life back into me. You know what? We don't even need to say anything. You need to just be in our worship service. Do you know people were freed in just the last half hour and we didn't say anything, but the prophetic words of the songs that we spoke began to heal people's hearts. In the natural, my family's crushed this week. We lost such a matriarch of our family. I said to God, how do I do this? How do I get up? My hope is that I'm going to see her again. She's my aunt, the reason that we're in Australia. One, the reason that promises my family, my aunt and my cousins. We have to say goodbye, but we're saying goodbye to a body because she's with her father right now. And she loved him. And she just knew she saw angels. There's a hope. And that's why the Bible says, I don't grieve like the rest of them. I've been crying my eyes out. We've all been crying our eyes out because we're not going to be able to touch her and hear her voice anymore. But my hope is that when eternity came to her house on Thursday, she's with him. And I'm guaranteed I know 100% she's with him. So I have hope. And that's why I can stand up again on Sunday. There was a lot of people that carried me this week. There's a lot of people that prayed for us. And I thank you because that is what church is about. When one of us is just, ah, we come and we hold each other up. And we go, we got you through this one. We got you through this one. We're carrying you through. But as on Thursday we will come and our senior pastor will say and speak to hundreds who don't have that hope. We will testify of a great legacy within our family. And say, because of what she knows. See, this woman of God, she knew that still God had a plan. It can't be finished. My husband's dead. My kids are about to leave. You've got to tell me God's got a plan. You've got to tell me. Just because one part of her dream died doesn't mean that God still wasn't operating in the other parts. Can I be prophetic? Just because one part of her dream died doesn't mean God stopped operating in the other ones. And Elisha said to her, see, this is what I love. She went to the man of God. When you come to the house of God, you will get it. And he said, what shall I do for you? But as soon as he asked the questions, he, he blocked her from answering it. 
He said to her, what shall I do for you? But before she even had time to answer it, he said, tell me what you have in your house. See, because the logic response that would have come out of her mouth is I need money. And Elisha could have started a GoFundMe page. Or a fundraiser for the widower, for the woman of God. He could have asked the church to help. But he blocks her from answering. Listen, because her words that she was about to say were about to shrink what God was going to do to an earthly factor. So Elisha, the man of God, says, tell me, what do you have? And then he says, what do you want me to do? But before she gets a chance to answer, tell me what you got in the house. It just flips her thinking. That's what church does, flips your thinking. Come on, are you here? Flips your thinking. I had fear. So when tomorrow morning when you wake up and that fear tries to come because it's at the door crouching. You're like, oh, you're back again? Serious? I dealt with you yesterday. You're done. We changed our thinking. We got authority. So before she spoke those words and was able to shrink it down to an earthly hammer, he said, what God has planned is so much bigger than what you're seeing right now in the natural. In the natural, you are in pain. You are feeling hopeless. See, if, listen to me, if he would have given her the money, everybody would have said, well, Elisha paid your bill off. Or the church helped you. Or everyone else helped you. But her testimony wasn't in what man could do. Her testimony was not in what, how much the church could do for her. Her testimony is in that God came through. So that is why the man of God said, Tell me what you, uh, uh, actually don't tell me. Let's just see what you have. Because everyone else would have taken credit. No, I went there. I actually gave to that. I actually helped that. I actually went and provided something. So God would not have got the full credit. But when God moves supernaturally, he's going to get 100% the full credit. That's why they need to come out of the hospital. They've tried everything else. Then they need to come to the house of God. Because this is where God's going to get the full credit. Her testimony was for the generation, including her neighbours to see, including us to testify that God is bigger than anything we can comprehend in the natural. In the natural, it is completely broken. But he said to her, go borrow vessels from everywhere. He said, go to your neighbours. Who knows that the neighbours are the best gossipers? And the man of God said, go back to those people that are gossiping about you right now. Because they would have known. See, for her to be so empty in her house, it means that she has been doing this for a while. There is nothing left in her house, which means she's eaten all the food. She sold off everything. There's no more appliances in her house. There is nothing. She sold everything. She's tried to do everything in the natural. Everybody would have been seeing her. Selling everything off, having garage sales, doing everything to pause this moment. And yet, it still happened. But Elisha said, you're going to go back to those people. Everybody went, "Uh, excuse me? I'll go to another city or another town. He said, no, you go right now. You go get those vessels. Get them from everywhere. From, you know, empty vessels. And he said, don't gather just a few. Don't gather just a few. 
He was preparing her when he said, do not gather just a few. He was preparing her. Listen to me. The exceedingly abundantly above all that you will ask or you will think of accordingly to the power that is at work in you is about to unleash upon this house. So he was saying to her, you don't understand. Go get as many as you can find. Go get as many as you physically can get because you don't understand. God is about to step in to the supernatural and you've got to be ready for it. ICC, we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be ready to have death in our footstool and go, but there's a plan and a purpose upon my life and I don't know, understand how God's going to do it, but God is in control. The exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, all we can think of, according to the power that is at work in us. So what I want to tell you this morning is that you and I are 100% involved in what God is about to do. The supernatural already resides. When Jesus left and He was raised from the dead, His Spirit came in us. So therefore we have the Spirit of God in us. So supernatural, because no one has come back from the dead. It rose again and lives on. And yet that spirit lives in us. And he said, not just a few. See, the miracle that was about to be unleashed on that woman's household had nothing to do with her current situation. It was all about how much you trust God will finish what he started. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, look at this, says, Now all the glory to God. He's Alpha, He's Omega. He has all the glory. He who is able to do mighty power and work through us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Or Philippians 1.6 says, Be confident of this very thing that He that has begun a good work in me will complete it. And He will continue to do so until the Lord returns. Colossians chapter 2 says, And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principalities and powers. Whatever demonic thing is showing itself up, you have got the authority to tell it where to go because he is above all principalities. James chapter 1 verse 4, but be, let's patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, none of these scriptures that talk about God doing everything he's going to do had anything to do with feelings. It was bound Based only on knowing. you got to know that you got to know that no matter what is happening, you know that your God will always have the final say. You're going to hear courts. You're going to hear doctors. You're going to hear lawyers. You're going to hear teachers. You're going to hear the voices in 2020 and for the next decade. But the Lord will always have the final say. God will always have the final say. As you hear it, go back to the Holy Spirit and say, is that the final say? No, it's not the final say. You go back and you hear it and say, I can hear what you're saying. I can read the report. I can see the finalization. But my God told me that my healing is not finished yet. He said that I am not complete yet. He said that I will see it all come to pass because I didn't start this. See, students come to Australia and they're, they're failing. I'm like, well, you didn't come on your own will. You knew the Holy Spirit led you here. Then let Him take you through it. God left you. Let you experience hardship. But He never let you walk through that valley by yourself. Because He knew that valley was not going to kill you. You know, the, the valley of David and Goliath, the greatest of battlefields ever done, 
The Bible says that it started in the valley of Judah. I love that even though the biggest, ugliest, demonic thing showed up, it was happening in the valley of Judah, the Bible says. Do you know what Judah means? Praise. How can you be praising in a valley where there's an ugly, filthy Goliath in there? Because God says, I always determine the position that you'll stand in. And he was saying to David, you're going to go down there, David. You're going to go into what is a valley. But let me tell you, son, that is the place where you will praise me the highest. That is where you will shout your praise. That is where you will defeat the enemy. But it's a valley, God. I'm in a desert. That desert is going to have running water in it and it will provide for you every day. Because it doesn't matter where you are, God will move on your life supernaturally. So he said to David, go to Valley of Judah, son. Go and fight it. He had no idea what he was going to do when he got to the valley. I wonder sometimes if he picked up the rocks just out of fear, which is, I don't know. God knows. God had a plan the whole time. But he chose where it was going to happen. See, God determines what happens. Go borrow vessels from everywhere now. Are you prepared if God moves right now? See, God was about to pour out supernaturally, but he needed vessels. There was never a lack of oil. What was happening here on earth is what stopped the flow of God. What was happening here on earth is what stopped the move of God. That's the truth. Are we ready for what God wants to do? Because we're His vessels. And He's coming every Sunday to go, I'm going to ready to pour overflow on Sunday. Sunday's just about the overflow. We keep giving and giving, God keeps pouring, but on Sunday it's overflow. Go get all those empty jars. Go get those empty jars. He said to him, go get all those empty jars. Which means that if they would have got jars and there was a little bit of stuff in there, I wonder if they were like, well, if I put a bit of water, I can mix it. They actually can probably get it. But the man of God say, emptied it. So they would have had to throw everything out. So for the last 30 days, that's all we've been doing, church, is emptying of our life. That's all we've been doing. He's doing what the Bible said, empty it out. TV, empty it out. Social media, empty it out. Things that have been controlling us, empty it out. Coffee. Empty it out. Didn't go so well all the time. But that's what we did for 30 days. We didn't do it just because we were had nothing else to do for 30 days. Goodness me. What you did for the last 30 days, what we did was emptying the vessels in this house so that when God was ready to pour, He will find full, empty vessels. Emptying our life, getting rid of everything that is trying to contaminate our level of breakthrough. Everything that is trying to contaminate our level of breakthrough. So I said to you, sin is crouching at the door. The Bible says it's eager to control you, but you must subdue it. You know why? Because the enemy can't actually touch the oil, but he can break the vessel. Are you here, ICC? See, he can break you with fear and anxiety. 
will break the vessel that the anointing is supposed to be carried in. That's why the enemy comes and he's crouched out all the time. He's got no access in through that door. If we lock that door, nothing on the outside can come inside. That's why he said, empty it out. Empty it out. See, the enemy can never touch the anointing. He can never touch the anointing on my life. He can never touch the healing on my life. He can never touch the promises on my life. He can never touch them. But he can push me to break my vessel. But I have to master and look after my vessel. That's why he will crush the vessel with addiction, with pain, with brokenness, with sin, because the vessel is us. And he will try to break us, crush us, but he will never touch our anointing. And if the anointing and if the oil flows, the testimonies are coming. And the enemy will be proven defeated. So what happens is if we've got broken vessels, even if God pours it out, it's going to be no, it's going to be splattered everywhere. And therefore we can't testify. But if we come and we empty ourselves, that's what I'm saying. You come to church in 2020, doesn't matter what state of mind you're in, doesn't matter how broken you are, you come. I don't care if you have to come and look a mess. I don't care if you have to scrape your fingers in here. You tell your family, we're going to the house of God. I know that we just want to be sitting in bed and moan, but we're going to the house of God because I know that God is faithful. We tell our children, you don't get it. Doesn't matter what we're going through. On Sunday, we're going to reset ourselves. Because our vessel needs healing. And God will come and pour it out. Because our testimony is going to come for everybody to see. In 2020, we are going to become stronger vessels. Stronger vessels than we've ever, ever done. That's why the prophet said, empty it out. Nothing else can be in this vessel except what God wants to do and the supernatural manifestation of God. So the oil kept flowing. And flowing, and flowing, the Bible says. But the earth ran out of vessels. Heaven never ran out of oil. Heaven never ran out of oil. But the earth ran out of vessels, empty vessels. The oil stopped and the miracle ended. The oil stopped and the miracle ended. We're waiting on God for greater this year. To have a life that is beyond normal. So we've got to be ready to carry each other like we've never carried each other. Because the enemy is going to push to break our vessels. He's pushing like he's never pushed before to break marriages, to break children, to break businesses. He's trying really hard because we are the carriers of the promises of God. My one thing for you, is it know what God has spoken? Because that will sustain you when you're in the valley. When you're in the walls of Jericho waiting for those walls to come down, that will sustain you. But I want to tell you something about oil. It is the most valuable commodity that is on this earth. It is something that people are willing to pay big money for. 
and she had it in abundance. So much that she paid off her debt and she could live the rest of her life with it. So let me go back to that part where the prophet said, go back to your neighbours and ask for vessels. Let me tell you prophetically, one day she's going to their door and saying, I need empty vessels. The next day she's coming to their, the next day, 24 hours later, they're coming to her door because she's got oil. 24 hours, everything changed. One encounter with God can change everything. One encounter with God can change everything. One day, she's at the very last breath. And the day is not done when everybody around her sees she's got exactly what we need. She's got more. Because the testimony was for everybody to witness it. Come on, get on. Let's get on our feet this morning.